What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Steve V, and this is episode 383, celebrating five years of podcasting alongside Lincoln. How you doing, Lincoln? I'm doing well. Good evening, both of you. Good evening. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to be back. It's been a minute. Yeah, so I want to hear all that's going on. But of course, joining us is Cody Maurice Dolgett. How the hell are you doing, Cody? Hello, darling. I'm fi- living the fabulous life here in Brooklyn, darling. You know? Okay, Sheila E. Love it. <laughs> in the house. Oh, don't get me started, girl. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, w- welcome, welcome to everybody. Hilarious. This is so fun to be rejoined. And Lincoln, before we get started, uh, I heard somebody told me you got COVID. What is going on? Which was actually interesting the way I found out. We flew in on a Thursday. On Friday, we chilled out. And on Saturday, we went to dinner with my god sister and her family. And uh, I sat next to her daughter, who's pregnant, like very pregnant. (laughs) And when we got back in the car, I looked at my phone and it said, COVID alert, you were next to someone with COVID. We all get those, though. I don't... (laughs) That was my first. Yeah, that was my first, because I'm not not a hooker like you two so. <laughs> don't knock it to you try it. hold on girl wait a minute <laughs> it's fine and i was a virgin to the COVID alert so <laughs> i clicked on it and it said that i was near someone with covid on the 25th or the 26th of june which was rooftop gay pride party followed by the peer dance in my calendar That'll do oh, it. Well, there you go, girl. I said to myself, well, <laughs> there were 8,000 people at both of those events. It is what it is. They were both outdoors. Uh-huh. But who knows? And I do remember the private rooftop party I went to. I was trying to get up the stairs to the penthouse, and there were these three guys talking in full gay voice. And I walked through that and I was like, well, if they got COVID, I just got it. Because they had no evidence. Like, there was no realization that there was a person in their midst. Like, just saliva. Um, I was like, hello. Everywhere. Um, and I was a little lit at Kim Petras for the peer dance. So I don't know how who I was next to. But Peter and I were always together. But it's fine. So the next morning we woke up and I took the test and poof, I was positive and he was negative. Wow. So we wow. both took the test again. He was negative. I was positive. I called my doctor. We went to get a PCR test. And on the way to the PCR test, uh, well, because it was July 3rd. So it was a Sunday and it was the emergency line. Mm-hmm. And my doctor, his emergency line goes straight to like the HIV research institute of new york or whatever so the the doctor who was on duty is like an hiv specialist and while i do not have hiv everyone who calls in is like under my doctor's preview uh, you know purview and said we're automatically going to give you the medication the pills the three and even though i'm not 65 or 60 i'm a lot younger he's like why not just do them and i said i talked to a pharmacist friend of mine he suggested it so they prescribed me the pills we were still on the way to get the pcr test and the doctor said you really don't have to do that if you've tested twice just skip it but we were there 
Okay. So Peter got tested. I got tested. We went to Walgreens to pick up the prescription. And as I'm standing in line paying for the prescription, I got a text message that said rapid test negative. What? And Peter got a uh, text message rapid test positive. Oh no! What we in like, the name of what wrong is happening? Text? And we both looked at each other, and she we went. She switched the swabs. Oh, that's what happened. <sighs> okay, she switched. The You're swabs. still sick, sweetie. I started the pill. Then we got home. The next morning, we got the proper PCR uh, thing. I was positive. He was negative. But we said, screw it. We're going to go back and get him tested again anyway. Yeah. So we went back. Only he got tested, and he was in fact negative. Okay. Did he get so it at all? Days, he did not. Still okay. to this day, he is not. Uh, I did the pills. I had. I, I went home and just slept for like three hours. And for one day, I had a little... <coughs> like nothing. It was just like this annoying <laughs> little... <coughs> and other than that, um, the taste... Do that of the, again. I love that. The, the little, <laughs> it, was like, it was like a baby... <coughs> You know, it was like, it was stupid. <laughs> and all in all, I got it. I've done the COVID thing now for my first time. And Peter's still negative. Thank God. Wow. Well, we are, I'm so happy you're back in Me business too. and back yeah. in New York. Things are yes. crazy. Cody, how much fun did we have in Fire Island so last Friday? Yes. I suppose you guys look like you had a great time. Was that a day trip or did you go all weekend? It was a day trip, and nice. we went to the beach. We relaxed on the beach. Then we saw some friends. We moved back to their house, and we just re- relaxed and luxuriated and swam. Uh, and then we went to the tea dance and had a great time as well, and it was a beautiful day. But the, the train ride home, honey, was long. <laughs> <laughs> it was long, yeah, but... You know, such a perfect day. I mean, 12 plus hours day. I think I got my Fire Island fix. We're going to be talking about Fire Island a little bit later in the show. But, you know, one of the things I think you noticed it too, Cody, is Fire Island Pines has dedicated the has a dedicated park for LGBTQ plus trailblazers. We saw the Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera homage. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, I Cody. Do. But it just launched that weekend that we were there. The Trailblazers Park will feature a water fountain with a tile mosaic by T.M. Davey, which honors Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Above the fountain will hang 16 flags honoring other LGBTQ plus trailblazers like Larry Kramer and James Baldwin, as well as some lesser known figures like Zuni Native American leader Weeha and the proud Puerto Rican butch lesbian Carmen Vasquez. Contributing artists include Wolfgang Tillmans, Nicole Eisman, Raul De Nieves, Lyle Ashton Harris, Martin Gutierrez, and others. And they had a ribbon cutting on Saturday featuring speeches by members of Brookhaven City Council. It was a whole thing. And this is, if you don't know, when you come into, you get off of the ferry and you, everyone's waving you in when you come into <laughs> Fire Island Pines. It's that monumental moment that you cannot live without when you come to Fire Island and you walk off of the ferry. This is one of the first things that you'll see in that little nook of a square 
that's right there. And I don't know, Cody, to me, this was really important and amazing because we went with your boyfriend's friends, mm-hmm. your boyfriend's younger. Yeah. And he was with his younger friends. We were laughing on the train about, oh my God, they were born in the 90s. Wait, what? <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> well, your, your boyfriend's friends were for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that boyfriend I... was too was really impressed with the kids as i call them the kids these days because they meant they said look marsha p johnson and after you said it and they knew marsha p johnson which i was so that gave me life that they knew that we were also having conversations about divas on the beach you know as you have fun conversations on the beach kicking it and having <laughs> drinks and they one of them was asking us who what do you steve consider a diva and we went back and forth about oh what we thought. But I even said, and I said, dare I say share? I Like, are they going to, they were like, share is totally under the, like, they loved it. And I think this, back to the monument, this is going to, I think we need more education these days. And if you could do education in a Fire Island moment where the kids are coming, everybody's coming and teach people, but in a beautiful landscape, artistic way, I am here for it. What were your thoughts about that, Cody? I loved it. I can't wait to go back next year and see it completed. Um, But I think that it was really beautiful and amazing. And I am just so glad that people are educating themselves and taking it upon themselves to make sure that they are up to date and educated on the things that happened in the past that affected our culture so yeah i really love that lincoln one of the things that we loved about our discussion when they put me on the spot and said steve would you consider a diva and of course i said madonna which the kids loved (laughs) but they had certain thoughts about what a diva to them in terms of singing it had to be you have to have a lot of hits And I was trying to tell them that I agree if it's a singer and we're going under the diva umbrella, that probably a mosaic of tunes under your belt is probably important, but it's also about an attitude. They didn't seem to get, Cody, the attitude thing that I was trying to Uh just just shed shed light on. Do you think... Lincoln Diva has something to do with attitude as well. It's it's like a persona as well. No, no. Here we go. Let's skip this topic then, because you're I not going to agree with me. <laughs> I agree with the kid. First of all, calling them kids, I don't know how they feel about that, but that's I, the they will be fine. Trust me, they'll oh, be they will be fine. Yeah, okay, no, I think you have to earn the title of diva, and I think it's a little overused. And in the fitness community, let's just take it out of oh, your okay, realm. For the okay, minute. here we go. There was a class called like diva step way back like 15 years ago and i remember being like um can we save the word diva for you know patty lapone and oh here we go people who are like real divas who have earned it who have been like you know they've won tonys they've reached 100 they've released 100 number ones or you know like so to me it's if you have a diva attitude you're bordering on a karen so i would be careful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love that. Wow. You, you, so that's, to my understanding, why they didn't agree with you. Because while it might be an attitude, you need to have something to back it up. So if you have like but, a one-hit wonder 
and you're I, I can't think of an artist that there are plenty of them out there that had like a one hit or a two hit wonder well, okay, and then you know poof they're like oh my god they were such a diva in that moment they owned it they were amazing they're a diva you know like tiffany or debbie gibson or <laughs> not <a> diva. Like, <laughs> i don't know back in their day they could have been you no. know what i mean like, okay so my whole i think the whole point because in my understanding of what a diva really is it really harkens back to operatic voices yeah. like maria callas who, yeah, if I you mean, know if you're going to be proper, opera, none of these you're putting you're, you're putting on donning these accoutrement outfits that are from France, and and it's a whole thing. So I'm excited. So this is a permanent because I haven't been to Fire Island this season yet. This is a permanent installation at Fire Island that they're they're building, and it's going to stay there for good and like evolve. I just wanted a little correct. more clarity about that. Okay, that's yes, super correct. exciting. Can't exactly. wait to see it. Just as a, a you know public service announcement, I don't know when it ends. I think it ends in September. If you can't make it out to Fire Island, but you do make it to New York City, there is an AIDS memorial down at Greenwich and 7th Avenue. Yes. And in that AIDS memorial that was put together, like some of the, the main people that donated money to it were like Anderson Cooper and, and some pretty amazing people. There's a water fountain. You both know the park I'm talking about, correct? Yes, yep. I love it. I walk by it all well, the time. If you've walked by it recently, there's a new installation inside of it, and it's all in neon uh, words. And it's like, I believe now I was walking by it on my way back from the pier dance, and I was a little <laughs> mind altered. So just work with me here. But I believe they celebrated gay artists through the years, and there's lyrics up from the Pet Shop Boys and Sly oh, and the wow. Family Stone and like a bunch of great so there's a Q code that you take a picture of and there's like Love Will Always Wind and I Will Survive are all added to the triangles of that park and it's a temporary installation that reminds me of what you're telling me about in Fire Island I understand that that's permanent but if you guys can go check it out or if anyone's in New York, it was really interesting. I look forward to going back to really understanding it. I love Let's that. Go. Moving on to, hey guys, monkeypox. I got the monkeypox vaccine this weekend. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, be I mean, be clear about that, Steve. You only got one shot of two. I, yeah. It's well, not good on. until yeah, the I, second. A lot of no, people are running around, I'm good to go. And it's not good no. to go. Well, I shot. might disagree a little bit with that because I was on CBS News this morning. If you go on our Instagram, at Tags Podcast, CBS Morning News, the reporter asked me from CBS News, local here in New York, asked me, so you just got one vaccine. I understand they're they're currently giving the one shot. How do you feel about that, knowing that it's a two-vaccine and I, and I said, well, the, I feel confident from the research that I've seen that I am sufficiently 
vaccinated by this at this point. And what they did when I watched it this morning, I got up and I recorded it okay. because I wanted to see myself on TV. But also I wanted to see how they positioned it. The, the leading New York health authority here in New York, it's more important to get this first vaccine out to as many people as we can. And you are, quote, sufficiently protected. Not as much as holy, um, completely yeah. But sig he, quote, significantly protected. And that, and I also saw Dr., um, I was watching CNN all weekend all about this, Dr. Fauci. And four days after, it was one of the reasons why I didn't go out to the Eagle this, like, last night afterwards to celebrate and go into the cruising area is because it's about four to seven days. I also asked the guy that gave me the vaccination who is the nurse giving it to you is about four to seven days after you've had that first initial dose that you are once again, quote, significantly protected yeah. against that. And that will work for me. Now I'm not going to go hog wild and crazy at the buffet, <laughs> but I'm going to have, I'm going to, you know, know have that I'm salad. Yeah. Significant <laughs> sufficiently protected is good for me. Also in news on that 156,000 doses went out and 130,000 more doses are on the way. Good. So I'm, I'm trying to get it the next round. I was really one of the things that I discussed with the guy, the nurse that gave me the shot was because New York listeners is where we are having the most numbers of monkeypox, as well as California, as well as Illinois. Do your math, Chicago, all the major cities, right? And it's like, what's in Illinois? Take, but I know Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> all these gay men. My friend was making a joke that. You didn't even have to turn on your grinder. You could have picked somebody up right in line, <laughs> right there. But what he was telling me, the nurse, was like, a lot of people are coming straight from Fire Island Pines they with their luggage to get the vaccination. And he was really happy, as was everybody else there, that people were showing up. In other words, our community, That's right. because of what we've been through, listens and shows up and steps up to the plate what and needs to be he done. that gave him a smile on his face like he didn't they didn't know what he was going into as a nurse to right. so the more people that get that first shot in them the better peter and i will definitely be getting our shots as soon as we can we don't have sex with other people so the behavior is also the key it's just yeah. like with hiv if you put on a condom that's going to increase, you know, increase your chances of not getting something. So if you hold off on your behavior for three weeks or you don't do like you just said, Stephen, you don't go hog wild. That's probably going to prevent you from getting anything. Also, my the, the first thing I said just was that it's under 500 cases in New York. So the chances, even though people are getting it, the chances of you getting it from 500 people is not a lot, especially if you have the first shot in you. And then when you have the second shot, depending on your behavior, you know, I just want right. everyone to stay safe and not get it. It's like COVID. If yeah. we all stayed home and all got vaccinated immediately, it wouldn't have gotten out of control. We now are at the beginning of something that is very similar to that. So I hope that people are careful with their behavior. All of the parties have stopped. 
And I think that that is a brilliant step forward in us controlling this so people can move forward. Well, Steamworks, the legendary Steamworks, which we reported on earlier this year, reopened up. They were offering vaccinations there, but they got into a little bit of a conundrum oh, when really? some of the people in line said that if you if you went if you had a membership and you were going in for the day you could get the vaccination quicker than if you were just going apparently steamworks was given the monkeypox vaccination in general for free and it caused a lot of drama for those waiting in line one guy waited started at 10 a.m. and didn't get his shot shot until 6 p.m. oh child i couldn't do that Me but either. They so it is being rolled out, and the drama hopefully at Steamworks in Berkeley is being cleared up. <laughs> Listen, y'all, there is a conservative Texas lawyer that is targeting prep access after abortion rights. So, with the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade last month, the architect of controversial Texas abortion law has already aimed at marriage equality. And his next target could leave Texans without access to life-saving preventative care. Jonathan Mitchell, I'm labeling the devil, the former <laughs> solicitor general who helped write the Senate Bill 8, the restrictive abortion law, opened a private law firm in Texas in 2018 to go after decades of the high court's rulings. Mitchell now has set his sights on Discovy and Truvada two medications that help prevent HIV transmission when taken as PrEP because those medications enable homosexual behavior, the suit states. Are we worried about this trickling down? Because, you guys, I'm a news junkie for, I don't know if anybody knows that on the show, but I tend to spin on some of this stuff. Yeah. But this kind of scares me that... If nothing else, for each individual state, and does it scare you, Lincoln, that we're now going to a marriage equality? I mean, you're engaged. Does this worry you at all when it we're does. getting down to prep? I am very much, especially lately, trying to get to the actual kernel of news that's there and not in the hyperbolic reaction to it or the spins out of it. Like, of course I'm concerned. I'm concerned about gay marriage. I'm concerned about interracial marriage. I'm concerned about um, PrEP and Discovy and people being able to have an abortion. You can go down the rabbit hole with the 10-year-old girl. You can go down that was raped and not allowed to have an abortion. Yep, you can right? go down the rabbit hole with the pregnant woman who said you can't give her a ticket in the carpool lane because she has a baby in her. You could go as crazy as you want or you could take a breath and remember that this is not the apocalypse. This is something to keep in perspective. <laughs> this is something to take a deep breath and go, okay, let's, let's talk about voting, right? Let's, you know, let, there's so much to worry about. I hear exactly what you're saying. And in some ways I agree because there's, we would just be having a nervous breakdown every day. Yeah. And Cody, to the point of, targeting like how did prep now come into the mix it was first it was roe versus wade yeah. and then we we all knew that it may come down to marriage the, the marriage 
uh, same-sex marriage, but I didn't know that I would be hearing things about PrEP and Truvada. We all know, Cody, that Truvada isn't always available to everybody. And when I'm talking about our black and brown brothers and sisters that often have a harder time when they don't have insurance in the communities that really potentially need it as well, I include myself sometimes in that category. So when you hear stuff like this, does this worry you? Oh, for sure. I was worried when Roe v. Wade got overturned. That is troubling, troubling news. And I understand what you're trying to, what you're saying, Lincoln, that we shouldn't fall down the rabbit hole and we should look at the facts. But also, it's a fact that this got overturned and it's a fact that in the opinion Absolutely. in the opinion he's going to be going after so many other liberties that we take for granted now so if anything Clarence Thomas exactly Clarence Thomas it's it's a call to action for us to make sure that our rights and are solidified uh going forward uh I do think that not having them going after prep. What is this? The dark ages? What is going on? I don't understand. <laughs> is it. this, this is new a, to you both? No, it's not. But yes. it's, because, it's crazy yes, though. It I don't understand. It's life saving medicine. What? What? Why are people so against lives? Uh, lives being saved. They're a pro life. They don't want to have abortions, but they want people to die from HIV. That's it's it's nonsense to me. I don't understand it. I and it I, makes no sense. There is a brand new documentary on Prime that I cannot wait to watch by Alex Liu called um, A Sexplanation, the comedic documentary by Alex Liu, chips away at American prudishness and reminds viewers of the importance of knowing our bodies. And in the documentary, he's a gay health reporter, Alex Liu, he's 36. He takes the viewers on a journey to better understand sex by offering a sex education that is rooted in finding the fun and beauty and carnal pleasure. Liu, who also directed and co-wrote the film, explores sex through a range of lenses from the scientific to the religious. You got to see some of these interviews, you guys, featuring interviews with psychologists, sex researchers, his family. Wow. And he's Asian, a Jesuit priest and several generation of, like I said, the Lou's family with humor and grit. Alex takes audiences on a playful, heartfelt journey from a shame filled past to a happier, healthier, sexier future. And I was really struck by I love I cannot wait to watch this film. I watched the clip of it and he's really going there and he really thinks that many of us, it's never, I think his main goal is it's never too late to have that sex talks with whomever you want to, I guess my, so I encourage everybody to watch this film, a sexplanation, but I ask you guys, how did you guys learn about sex? And I'm not talking about <laughs> sex in general, about gay sex. Oh, wow. Because Alex Liu says he learned about it mainly from watching porn. And if that's the case, we need so much work for the kids, Lincoln. We, the kids have got to learn it more just from porn. How did you learn about gay sex, Lincoln? Gay um, or sex for um, you and another, I'm assuming. Like man, the technical want... stuff of it or just the yeah, overall writing? Like, what goes just, where? Yeah. How did you learn? I mean, I'm, did you learn about the birds and the bees? But did you ever learn that you could actually have sex with a man? And when was 
like how did that trans so i'm gonna i i I don't know about the intricacies of gay sex. I kind of learned, I started having sex very young. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, just kind of knew what was happening. But as far as education, Donahue, the Phil Donahue show. <laughs> oh, you are going. Hey, oh my goodness. Let me predated Oprah. I was they not expecting that. When Donahue <laughs> had a gay couple on his show. They had on, questions from the audience. It was, I actually ended up meeting Bob after that show, a long time afterwards. And that was the first time on television they talked about what a gay relationship is and how being gay is different than a straight relationship. And then the movie Making Love with okay. Kate Jackson. Um, <laughs> it, was an AB, it was an ABC show. You can still find it. 1980, and, and it was. Did you guys, did you guys see this film? I did. 1980. Uh, no, I yeah, didn't. It was, no. and it I love Charlie's Angels, so of course like, I wanted to. Me too. And both of the guys, she, she was married and moving into a Harry house. Hamlin. They were gonna, Harry Hamlet. Thank you. I don't remember the actors and the other one. And that was another example of what being gay, like the problems with it, or the the like. Um, what that behavior was. So I don't know about sticking a dick in a hole learning, but so I, I watched a lot the... more straight point porn than I did yeah. gay porn at the beginning. But I also remember seeing uh, pictures, my best friend uh, at the time who was straight, his father, we would break into like his porn and see men's like naked. And I just knew that that was arousing to me. Yeah, and like, I, totally, I don't know. That, like, I didn't get a ba- no. I didn't have a birds and the bees conversation from any parent about how to have gay sex. Oh yeah, that did not happen. Yeah, and many people don't actually have that. Whether you're gay, queer, hetero, or wherever you fall on the spectrum, but there, at least when I was growing up, there was a normative of how you got how sex really happened. I feel in. I'm assuming based on what you stated, Lincoln, I was on the same spectrum. You had to kind of make it up and piece it together like a puzzle on where, and many of it, I will add to what you stated because I will agree with everything that you stated and making love and many of the things you stated was AIDS and what was, because I was a a child um, of 1971. So when I was in my teens, high school, it was the AIDS era, and I think I've told this on the show before. I'll never forget. I always grew up with, and I was a gymnast on the gymnastic team heading to UC Berkeley, but we would go to these team competitions at all the colleges. So we'd go to Stanford one week. We'd go to UC Berkeley. We'd go to all these, and we would see, and I'll never forget one of my teammates who was a little bit older than me, and I was always the youngest one, say, oh, yeah, that guy Randy over there, he's a fucking fag, oh. and he's he got, he's got AIDS and this oh and that, goodness. and the parents, and sitting with my parents who did not say anything, but the parents of my co athlete uh, agreeing with their son that yeah he's gay and has aids and that kind of thing what? and and i i knew in my heart of hearts that that wasn't right i knew that i was potentially headed down a path of that 
like rant, quote unquote Randy. But I also knew that my parents did not say a thing and they did not nod or oh, shake cool. their head. And I confronted my mom a few years ago about <clears throat> that situation. And she, and I said, mom, I will never forget that moment. And she said, well, no, that was wrong. And Aww. what he was saying was wrong. And even if how we felt at the time, because we didn't know any better, we still knew the way he was speaking was wrong. And that just meant everything to me but I, sure. I mean I ask, yeah, yeah i mean i ask you cody what are your thoughts on this film and don't you think we're a relatively or don't you not i don't know a relatively young grouping of people about our sexuality and we need films like this oh yeah for sure i think it's i don't think that there's ever you're never too old to learn about sex i started having sex when I was very young, just like Lincoln did, I was experimenting with boys in my early teens, maybe a little bit earlier. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> I chose the right house, you guys. <laughs> right. But I don't think I think this and this is going to make me sound less sexy and more like a nerd. When I started to come out, I read a lot of books about gay sex. So I think that's cool. I know. And it has served me really well into my my whole sexual journey, even to right now. I know how to hit that prostate. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know what makes a good top. I know what makes a good bottom. So it was, it's really served me well, even, even though it's not the sexiest way to learn about sex. And I I think I'm going to watch this documentary because I think it could offer me even more education. And that's what it's the the game of life is all about being educated and uh, exposed to lots of different points of views. You guys, the film is called A Sexplanation. It's by Alex Liu. And I was looking it up today. I think it's on Prime for a small fee. I highly recommend it. Check it out. Well, you know, we'd love to give advice on this show. And John P. wrote into us. We were talking about him the other day, Cody. But he has more advice that he wants from us. He was recently in P-Town. So I'd love to get your take on this, both Lincoln and Cody. He writes, hi, guys. I hope you had a wonderful fourth. I had a story. I would love your advice. I was in P10 for July 4th week and ended up hooking up with a cute guy from Denver at 4 a.m. one night. Ooh. Don't the bars close at 1 there? Oh, no. Okay. Anyway, that's my own thing. <laughs> Grinders. He thing. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah. He came so to my talk. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. You two that had sex early on. Did they he close to- at one o'clock? Yes, they do, Stephen. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> he came to my he came to my place and we had great sex and it was very intimate. His profile said he was in an open relationship. And I knew he was there with a group of friends. The next day, he messaged me and asked if we could do it again. And I also wanted to. We never ended up meeting up during the day. But in the early evening, he messaged me to ask what I was up to. I told him I was planning to go to a show with a friend at 9 p.m. and was free after. He asked what show. I told him the Ginger Minch show. By the way, you guys, I saw it. So good. I love her so much. So good. I saw it in P-Town a year ago. And he never wrote back. A couple hours later, my friend and I arrived and were waiting in line for tickets. The guys in front of us were from Denver. So do the math. Remember the guy said he was... And we started talking to them. I didn't realize at this point it was my hooking... 
my hookup's friends and housemates. A few minutes later, we took our seats in the small theater. Um, the Denver guy sat two rows in front of us. Then he, my hookup, walked with his boyfriend, walked in with his boyfriend. My heart started to beat faster. About 30 minutes later, I went out to the tiny lobby area. Oh, I know that lobby. To order a drink from the theater waitress. And he came out a minute or two later to do the same. We were standing two feet away from each other with only a few other people there waiting. And he wouldn't even look at me. I don't know if he was embarrassed or annoyed that I was there, but it felt really hurtful. I shouldn't have expected anything more than sex. I always end up catching feelings for hookups, especially if they are cute and the sex is intimate. If is that weird? Question mark. Okay. That's your first thing. Is that weird? I would have at least liked to stay in touch and be friends with him. Is there a method to hook up and not catch feelings? And if so, how do you mentally prepare yourself? Second question. On a side note, I am so inspired by... Okay. He's inspired by your body positivity. Cody. I was like, he better read that part. Sure. Uh, oh, I was going to ignore that part, but we already talked about that. Aww, Thank that's you. That's so cute that he said that about you, Cody. I love that. Anyway. Made me feel good. Back to the point at hand. Lincoln. You've been to P-Town. Oh, oh, me first? Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is classic P-Town. What's his name? Uh, John P. John P. John P., first of all, you can never protect your heart from having good, intimate sex that you connect with someone. That's part of being having good, intimate sex, is that your heart's a little involved. So... Don't beat yourself up about that. That's a beautiful thing. You don't want to protect that. that. You don't want to guard that. And this is classic P-Town fog. You go there for seven days. You run in and out of people. You don't know if the relationship that he has, which on his profile said is open, is one of those things that, but they don't talk to each other about it. Yep. So put yourself in his shoes for two minutes. If they don't talk to each other about it and he acknowledged you, then he would have to answer, well, who's that? And then if you answer, oh, well, it's the guy I hooked up with last night. You and your boyfriend aren't talking about that, so you can't say that. And then all of a sudden you're lying to your boyfriend, which then causes a riff with your boyfriend. And that's not the point either. So I have been to Bear Wheat prior to being with uh, Peter when I was like, I want to be single for a couple years. I met people. I fell for them. We never saw each other again. It still tugs at my heart a little bit because some of them are Instagram friends or some of them I run into out and about. And I go, oh, that was such a little capsule of of good feelings and a good moment and a good hookup what it does do the opportunity it gives you is to remember that in the future when you go back to p-town and hook up with someone and you might have your own boyfriend at that time but don't be don't overthink it It, it's par for the course for any big gay weekend in any city like sitches or port of you know anywhere that it was a it was a passing thing, and it's not you. It's definitely not you. Don't beat yourself up and don't overthink it. I love that advice. It's so beautiful. And the one thing I would say is I would – I think that that guy 
I wish that guy would have just turned over because I've been in the other guy, the guy that he likes situation before. And you know what I've done? I've turned and said hi because I realize, oh, fuck, here we go. I created this situation. I realize I created this situation where I'm with this guy and there's this other guy across the way right here. And what am I going to do? Am I going to ignore him? No, I am not going to ignore him. So I do think it was a little douchey on that guy's part to just totally ignore him. I agree. I've been there. I've totally been there and I've turned over. I've turned. I can feel my neck turning over and saying, hi, acknowledging his presence in the moment but also turning back to the person I am currently with and moving forward. Like it was nothing more than a hello, but it was, I, I see you. I see you're in the room. And he also could have said something after the fact through whatever means of communication yep. they had. Exactly. Like through a text message it. afterwards, it could have been like, hey, I had to focus on my friends, but it was good to see you at the show. You look great. Or beforehand. Have, yeah. Or before, yeah. Point, Lincoln, but, and, and he also point, could have gone out, done a dose of G, and had a great time and forgot about him completely. It's not that serious, people. <laughs> it's just but not. He also, not. well, but also he said he was going to the Ginger Minge yeah. show, which I agreed to, by the way. I'll say it for the 90th time. <laughs> and the guy knew he was going there. So why didn't he say, oh, by the way, I'm going to be at the Ginger Minge. Turns out I'm going to be there too. After all, I may not be able to say hi because my boyfriend doesn't know. FYI. I just that's think not that guy very was kind sexy, of a douchebag. That. No, that's not very sexy. I think he should have said something. And so I want John P. to know that I feel, I think that that guy was a little douchey and could have been a P-Town is very small. There are not that many shows. Yes, there's a few shows happening on, but everyone's going to the Ginger Men show. And <laughs> the point being is, if someone says they're going it's to the show and they say now. it's the Ginger Men show, I know it really which is. I've been to, <laughs> which is fabulous. Show? <laughs> I am also going to that show, and I will be with my boyfriend. And, so, but I won't be. But able I will to not speak to you. be, and I will not be able to speak to you. But let's talk after. Would oh, it not God, be that that's hard, a Cody? Lot of work. No, Cody. Would it not be that hard to do that? If you're on Grinder and you know, it, Lincoln, we hooked up. Okay, you text me. I'm going to the Ginger Min show. I know I'm going with my boyfriend Joe, who doesn't like me to see boys that I hooked <laughs> up with, and okay. I would say I'm going to the Ginger Min show too. I can't talk to you because my boyfriend will get mad or He's it will be a big thing. Celoso. So I, I, there's a level of humanity that has to go into our interactions as gay people. So I who, do. Yeah, no, 100%. Who are you? Ta- I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I completely <laughs> agree with you both. Maybe he shouldn't stick his dick in someone else if he can't be honest about it with his boyfriend. And that is my next Listen, point. Listen, Megan. That's my next point. Maybe John P, because you're getting so attached to these people that you're having sex with, maybe you shouldn't hook up with people that are in relationships. There are so many ding, people. Ding, ding, ding. There are so many people that are on. Yeah, that's smart, Cody. Put that's into smart. their profile. I am not. I'm not interested in having sex with people with boyfriends. If you are in right. an open relationship, it is not offensive. 
Uh, that's up to you. And if you don't want to have sex with somebody in an open relationship, that is entirely up to you because I, I personally catch a lot of feelings when I have sex with somebody. This should not be a bad thing. This should be a celebratory thing. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Somebody catch, catches feelings. It means you're open. John P. It means you're ready. It's beautiful. (laughs) I think it's beautiful. I love it. I think it's beautiful too. Yeah. Who should be shaming that? A lot of times when when I have sex with one person, I have to add that caveat because literally last week I was like, when I'm in a three-way, ooh, bitch, I could just... <laughs> when I have sex with one person, then yes, my feelings and my heart do get involved into the sex. It's, it's, it's inevitable for me. So I make sure that I have sex with people that will speak to me when they're out. He brought up things in you that are about you that are beautiful about you. And that's a beautiful thing to acknowledge and enjoy. Try not to focus on it, that it's gone, because it's you and you're a beautiful person. And like Cody just said, maybe playing around with people who are in relationships, that's a problem. I have to say though, back to the, it's P-Town. Like I went to Bear Week five years in a row and I saw couples arguing because one of them played with somebody and breaking up because they said they weren't going to have sex with other people and then they did oh, and then no. other couples that don't touch anyone oh, no. it's all <laughs> drama and gross it's it can be a lot of drama <laughs> so that's why i rise above it you know what i mean oh, honey now it's time <laughs> would you do this would you drink from these sexual preference party cups? Twitter is seemingly, <laughs> I love this story. Twitter is seemingly divided over these gay party cups that allow people to be identified by their sexual preference. Similar to traffic lights parties where colors indicate if participants are single or taken, these rainbow colored cups immediately tell party girls if they're a giver or a receiver or both. And while some people have jumped into the into the convo stating which cup they'd be drinking from, some others think the concept of the party isn't exactly well they write why Ma should be chosen through that brick at Stonewall. I love it. So the cups are from red to blue, red, orange, yellow, green, dark green, light blue, and dark blue, starting with dominant top for red, top versus top versus, and you would pick a cup essentially stating which one you were. I didn't have a problem with this at all. Some people were writing things like, this is cringe, this clearly ain't my type of party. And then somebody else wrote, can you also put out some clear cups? Meaning it ain't anybody's fucking business, but my own. <laughs> um, I think people were taking it too seriously. Lincoln, I think you can remember when we were on the, it wasn't Atlantis. What was it? Uh, the Vakaya cruise. The Vakaya cruise. And there was a dog tag party. And, and many of these cruises, if you've the been to them. The wristband thing, I think. It was yeah. the slap wrist thing. It was a slap band party or something. And many of those parties that I've been to over the, the years with this dog tag or you put stickers on you that signify your bottom, you're this. And I've just gone with it. It's silly. It's fun. It's in the moment if you don't want to do it you don't have to put on a sticker you don't i mean just grab a cup i mean right uh, the things that i 
just to give you guys a brief little thing on this, because I was in this community, the BDSM community at one point, I entered the New York Mr. Eagle contest, and there's a whole protocol on the handkerchief code, and I would often put either the wristbands on the wrong side on purpose just to fuck with people if anyone was really even paying attention, by the way, but I, it would be a conversation starter. But would this offend you, Lincoln, at all, or would you just grab a cup? And I, I think it's just I, it's a fun, it's a party game. Let's just it's like pin the tail on the donkey. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun party game, and when you're an adult, you stop doing childish behavior. So it's fine. It's a party. I will say though, it's a, the concept has come up recently that I've really latched onto. As a gay community, growing up in my teens and 20s and even 30s, I thought we were all about live and let live. For one night, sure, I'll put on a pink sticker and be a drag queen. I don't care. If you don't want somebody to know what you do in bed, pick up two cups. Confuse the fuck out of them. That's what (laughs) what I do. That's exactly what I've always done. So, I mean, there's ways to get around it if you don't want everybody to know what you're doing. But I think that's why people took it too seriously, because they took it to a new place. Like, that's, (laughs) which there is something valid about, like, there's so much separation. Let's can we just all live and let live and have fun again? <laughs> Lastly, on would you do this? There is a sneaker out that is made of recycled dildos, which at first <laughs> glance, I, at first I was so I am always for recycled materials, and if you could recycle a dildo into a sneaker. I am here for it until I saw the sneaker. We are entering a world, according to this article, where sustainability matters because, well, global warming and one of the ways in which sex toy brand Doc Johnson are approaching this is by recycling things people put into their holes to something they put on their feet. In a collaboration with Gold in Good Faith, they created the Plastic Soul, which is made from defective dildos. Defective. Oh, defective. What? Okay, because I was about to so, get. Yeah. I was about to be, be really attached to <laughs> to my dildos and say, "Oh my gosh, I could never give up my dildos." That's how attached I get to. <laughs> Two things that I have sex with. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> lastly, the shoe went on sale this last week for $130 via Rose in Good Faith website. You guys, if you're interested, I'll post this on tagspodcast.com and you can order it. I was all into this because I love recycled materials. I sent you the picture of it, you guys. I want to know your opinion. I'm just going to tell you my opinion first and foremost. I consulted our other co-host, Jeremy Ross Lopez, because it reminded me of another sneaker. It's it's Yeezy's Foam Runners. And I said, I hate, and everywhere I go in New York and San Francisco, Every guy has these stupid, ugly, we call them crab-like <laughs> foot sne- They're gross to me. Do you, gross. Do you hate these sneakers? What's going I, on? They're so gross to me. And this sneaker reminds me of it. And I wanted to like this sneaker. Lincoln, what are your thoughts on this? They remind me of the Lady Gaga Bad Romance video. 
Oh. Remember, she wears those claw. Uh, oh, that would be uh, there we go. those claw things. So that's and Peter has every single pair of them from Yeezy. Peter. He does not have the recycled dildo ones. I love a sneaker that you that doubles. You can go running in it, and then you can stick it up your butt right afterwards. <laughs> I think that that is fantastic. Best I, answer uh, ever. You're welcome. I've been playing it <laughs> all show. I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> Okay. I, I'm not with that shoe, but make me something else, please. Something more uh, aesthetically okay. appealing. All right, you guys, this has been so much fun. Oh, yeah. Over time. This was a long time. one. I <laughs> hope everyone <laughs> enjoyed the long one tonight. They always say that about me, darling. Ooh, okay. Oh, they always say it for the thicker one for me. But it's a long, anyways, thick one. Both of those comments can... for me. You can follow the long one over there at Mr. Maurice at Mr. Maurice on Instagram. Also follow the long one at KMB Coaching. <laughs> follow Lincoln. Lincoln. He is a follow him. Well, I'm totally losing it. Follow him at Mad Lincoln on Instagram or at Protein Bakery. Yay. Of course, follow us at Tags Podcast. Guys, so much fun. So Thanks much for fun. going over time. And in the meantime, continue having hot, hot, gay, gay sex. sex. Yes.